Welcome to another edition of ATL Prime Sports. I'm JJ Jurjevich, your host. Joining me tonight is Todd TC Quarter on the other side of Atlanta and our fabulous producer, Wayne Ridenauer up there in beautiful Memphis, Tennessee. You can find us all on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at ATL Prime Sports. You can find myself on Twitter at JJ Get You One. You can find Wayne on Twitter at RWY Jr. And you can find our fabulous co-host, host Todd TC Quarter at Quarter Todd on Twitter as well. How's everyone doing? Todd, we'll start with you, man. How you doing tonight? Doing good. I see Antonio Brown is uh, selling some gloves um, and some other uh, items from his uh, slap shot um, uh, NFL uh, leaving there in uh, in, in Meadowlands there in, in his last game there for the Buccaneers. You know, he did his uh, slap shot uh, strip tease deal. The only thing he didn't do was just go down like in the movie Slap Shot and just leave his jock on. He decided to go ahead and uh, strip down to everything else. And now that he's selling items from it, uh, NFL's version of Slap Shot continues. Wayne, how you doing, man? Well, we're expecting some uh, more winter weather here in Memphis, so who knows what could come up next. Uh, I may be sending out some snow pictures uh, tomorrow or the next day. I'm doing pretty swell. That's better than the talks are going between Major League Baseball and its Players Association. Again, they met Tuesday. Seems like they're getting farther and farther and farther apart. Now it's looking like spring training will at least be pushed back at the minimum. Those are reports per Jeff Passan of ESPN. What's on tap for today's show? NFL Championship Weekend did not disappoint. We'll talk about that. Will he stay or will he go with Jim Harbaugh? We'll talk about Tom Brady's retirement, all that in our NFL quick hits. This and more right here on ATL Prime Sports. Folks, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. However you're listening, give us a like. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a review. We'd really appreciate it. Let's start off with the NFL quick hits. Tom Brady retires. Jim Harbaugh, will he stay, will he go? The AFC and NFC Championship games, again, did not disappoint. Let's get into our ATL Prime Sports NFL Quick Hits. Tom Brady stated on his IG page that he has officially retired. (laughs) I say officially now, fellas, because, well, we had a couple reports and then we had a couple contradictions from Tom Brady himself over the weekend to now lead us to this point. Guys, let's talk about some favorite moments of Brady. Uh, let's talk about his whole career, and let's think back on the greatest of all time. Todd, I'll start with you, man. What are your thoughts on Tom Brady, TB12, and his great NFL career? Well, I guess before we go into thoughts about it, uh, you know, this all started over the weekend. Start, uh, the media started putting out reports that he retired, and obviously, you know, his father came out and said he hasn't done anything uh, the Buccaneers said they haven't been, they are not aware of anything. And then he went on his uh, podcast uh, last night and said that, you know, he's taking everything one moment at a time. And then all of a sudden, uh, around what, 10 o'clock this morning, 11 o'clock this morning, it came out that he decided to retire. So sounds like to me that he didn't want to have anything uh, taken away from the games during the weekend, and he was still thinking about it during the games, and then he finally came to the decision uh, 
that he was going to retire. And in, in regards to a decision, um, you know, it's it's it, it, look, it, it, like he he, he did everything. Look, he had his best season. So um, you know, that's one of the memories I'll take away. Obviously, the Falcons. Uh, uh, you know, twenty-eight to three lead in his comeback in the Super Bowl. That that was abs- uh, That was miraculous. But to me, now with Brady retiring, if you don't mind me saying this, um, this opens up the AF, uh, the NFC South. It is all of a sudden anyone's division next year, and that includes the Atlanta Falcons. So this should definitely rejuvenize the Saints the Falcons, and the Panthers, and also the Bucks, who have cap issues. They're going to have to find out who their quarterback of the future is and see how many players they can keep because they are sorely over the cap. Speaking of over the cap, I know I'm running here a little late on it, but, you know, the Falcons' uh, payroll is uh, $208 million, and Matt Ryan counts for 48.6 of it. That's almost a quarter. Um, that is a huge problem, but it's something that can be solved, obviously, by deferring money or however the Falcons choose to do it. But all of a sudden, we thought a couple weeks ago this team was going to, you know, they had, we had no – we had thinking there was, if Brady comes back, there's no shot for Atlanta to win the division, J.J., and now, wow, this division's really up, to, up for grabs. I know I kind of pulled away from the subject, but that's, that's one of the things that came to my head. Yeah, it's one of the things that came to your head. Let's pull back into the subject a little bit. We're talking about Tom Brady's retirement. Um, I'll go ahead and give a couple of thoughts real quick. I think he knew this long before he put it out publicly that he wanted to retire. I think right after they got beat in the divisional round against the Rams, I really believe he knew he was done. He just wanted to let the rest of the weekend play out, or I should say the week, including the championship games. Didn't want him his decision to take away from the other four teams that were still playing in the playoffs. And also, uh, look, we got to go back to favorite moments. And to me, it was one of the most infamous moments in NFL history. And it's got to be the tuck rule. One of your favorite players, Todd, you mentioned it, a Michigan alum, Charles Woodson was in on the hit, or so we thought a fumble. That would have changed the outcome and maybe kept John Gruden around for a while in Oakland originally before he came back there for another stint. Who knows what would have happened there, but that's my favorite Tom Brady memory. Um, man, you're right. It does open up the division. Uh, you talk about Sean Payton retiring uh, or, or stepping away from the game, however you want to address that. Now you mentioned Tom Brady retiring. Um Matt Ryan's still there. Matt Rule is getting a new OC, and he's got Sam Darnold and a, a couple other quarterbacks there in, uh, in Charlotte. What does that do for this division? It definitely opens it wide up. Wayne, what are your thoughts on Tom Brady retiring? And give me a favorite moment. Well, you know, a lot of people are talking about this is going to really, you know, toss in up in the air the uh, NFC South, but I really don't think it's going to have the, as big of an impact as everyone thinks because I think the coaching change down in uh, New Orleans might be a bigger impact uh, than anything else. But uh, as far as Brady moments, now, being a Falcons fan, I most of the moments that I like about Tom Brady 
are outside of the sidelines because I did not like anything he did inside the sidelines. So outside <laughs> the sidelines on the, I always got entertained by him yelling at a coach or yelling at a player, getting his frustrations out because something didn't go right. And it really showed the passion that he had for the game. Yeah. Another quick memory I'll throw in was actually this season and not too long ago in the game, he got eliminated and he got his first 15 yard penalty called against him when he barked at the referees. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, TC, any final thoughts on Tom Brady retiring uh, before we move on to the next portion of our NFL quick hits? Well, we talked about the, uh, op uh, you know, opening up, uh, you know, if, if, if Harbaugh were to take the Vikings job, which is coming up, Matt Rule would be interested reportedly in the Michigan job. So it's amazing how all these things could affect the AFC South uh, or the NFC South for next season. But to me, Tom Brady just gave it all, gave it his all for 22 years. What a leader, what a class act, what an ambassador for the, for the game, um, for the game of football and, I mean, what a fabulous career. Nobody will ever top it. Seven Super Bowl championships, uh, been at 10 Super Bowls in 22 years. That's almost half your career. Um, from a six-round draft choice from the University of Michigan uh, to the GOAT. Yeah, five, five Super Bowl MVPs to top it off. Let's move on to our second topic of the NFL Quick Hits. You mentioned it. Jim Harbaugh has interviewed – with the Minnesota Vikings as of Wednesday, uh, and other NFL teams have reached out. Will Jim Harbaugh stay at UM, or will he go to the NFL? Todd, we'll let you take it off. Uh, well, supposedly the, this will be the second interview on Wednesday, but um, there was already an interview earlier. It wouldn't have been face-to-face, -face, obviously. Uh, the interview is tomorrow, which is national uh, signing day for college football, which to me, this signing day is way different than normal because the real college football signing day is now in the fall. So this one here, there's a couple of slots left open for some big time players, maybe six of them. But to me, that's not the story. The story is, as it, it, to me, when it comes down to it, you know, Tom Brady's had this contract on, I mean, Tom Brady, uh, Jim Harbaugh's had the contract on the table for a long time, and he hasn't signed it. Well, here's why. Because if he was going to stay at Michigan, he would have already signed it. Now, he could still come back to Michigan. If it, if it comes down to that he doesn't like uh, this offer from Minnesota, he could come back. It is very possible, but... Um, you know, there are several sources out there uh, that say that, you know, Harbaugh, when he gets to Minnesota tomorrow, that he's going to – the deal is going to be done. Um, who knows? I mean, honestly, nobody knows what will happen. Nobody knows. <laughs> no, I mean, really? I mean, pro football radio has it. It's breaking. Uh, uh, Chris Ballas um, of the uh, – of the uh, uh, senior editor at the Wolverine.com says he's going to take it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of publications here that he's going to, you know, accept the uh, Minnesota Vikings job and, and leave Michigan. And 
Uh, it's interesting timing. I mean, this is almost February. A lot of your coaching, um, your coaching, your college positions are all done. This is late. What's it going to do to the assistant coaches? They just hired a defensive coordinator three weeks ago. What's going to happen to him about the new coach? Will he go ahead and take the staff and continue to move on if Harbaugh does, or will he make changes? So uh, there's a lot of dominoes uh, that will have to be um, that will eventually fall in place, and a lot of questions that need to be answered. It's interesting timing for sure. Um, we'll see how it plays out for sure uh, starting tomorrow. Now, I was on the Jim Harbaugh stays at UM until he retires train until earlier this week. And I told you guys that on this podcast. I have been adamant that he will stay there. Now I'm not. Uh, recent events, and Todd and I see this differently, but we're, we, we both agree. Um, look, National Signing Day is Wednesday, folks. And when you are a college coach and you have an interview scheduled for that day, Todd mentioned it. I know it's not the real signing day, but there still are two signing days and there still are recruits that could flip. And if you have a job interview scheduled on that day, that tells me you have one foot out the door. I'm leaning towards it goes to the NFL now. Um, and to me, having it on National Signing Day is the icing or the cherry on top, however you want to pronounce that. Um, and I think a big a big issue here is the relationship he has with the brand new GM of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Adapo Mesa uh, is the last name. I don't want to butcher the first name because I haven't gotten it down. But the new yeah, general manager of the Vikings and him work together in San Francisco. And I think that relationship means a whole great deal. Todd, what were you saying? Say, you know, before you, I was saying that he he, had a, he has a relationship working with him back in San Francisco that obviously makes him comfortable. I uh, apologize to interrupt you, but the second thing is I, I still a gut feeling that Miami's not out of this gig. Let's see, you know, we all know Stephen Ross, um, you know, owns the Dolphins and, he, you know, he doesn't want to take Michigan's football coach away. But to me, when you connect all the dots, um, uh, if Harbaugh doesn't take the Minnesota job, the Miami one's right there on his lap. And, you know, I mean, you connect all those dots, and, 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 and I don't see how Ross wouldn't take him at that point. I mean, they could have already hired somebody not by now, so maybe in the background they're waiting for Harbaugh. So much speculation is kind of fun. Sorry about that. Go ahead and, go ahead and finish your thought. Oh, no, you're no, you're fine. That's all I was saying is that they, they worked together in San Francisco when he was the head coach there. You mentioned the relationship in Miami. Um, I, I think both of these jobs would be great fits, and I, I think that's why Miami may have held out for so long to, to get a new coach. Wayne, uh, your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh uh, staying or going to the NFL, staying in college or going to the NFL? Well, I, I, I really don't care one way or another about Jim Harbaugh, but I think this definitely means that Arch Manning will not be going to Michigan. And as far as the uh, job down in Miami, uh, I think I might go interview for that job because I've been telling coaches how to play the game for years, sitting down in my living room, in my recliner, and <laughs> I could run that team better than anybody. I know it in my heart. I know it in my heart, and that's where it counts, is in my heart. 
that's that that is awesome and hilarious and, and i absolutely love the take uh guys well we got one more one more uh quick hit here in the nfl quick hits the conference championship games were great or i should say todd did you want to finish up with anything with hardball right quick no i'm fine go ahead yeah, the conference championship games were a doozy. Uh, let's quickly talk about them and uh, have some fun with the Super Bowl notes, and we'll get more into Super Bowl X's and O's and keys to the game next week. I don't want to overhype the game, as you guys will have, our listeners will have plenty of time to dissect the Super Bowl. Um, guys, let's talk about the AFC championship. The Bengals beat the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime. Did the Chiefs blow it? Did the Bengals win it? Todd, what do you say? I hate that question. I hate when the media does it, and I hate when you just did it. Obviously, the <laughs> Bengals won the football game. Uh, did Kansas City um, lose an 18-point lead? Did they blow an opportunity to add tack on at the end of the half when Andy Reid was going to send the field goal unit on and Patrick Mahomes waved them back and said, no, I got this? Um, did Mahomes throw some costly interceptions in the second half to – Help Cincinnati to the victory, yes. But Joe Burrow, to me, calm, cool, and collected. Just something about him. He's a winner. I mean, that's the highest compliment you can give a player in any sport. This guy's won it all at the collegiate level, and now he has a chance to win a Super Bowl in his second season. And what a story the Bengals are when the season started. They were the only the Lions and the Texans had greater odds uh, to not win the Super Bowl or to get to the Super Bowl than the Cincinnati Bengals had. And that's why you play the game. It's to me, Joe Burrow's got it. And I I wouldn't count him out in the Super Bowl against uh, the Rams and Stafford, which is another uh, fabulous story, Stafford coming from Detroit. But – you know, this Bengals comeback was a really good one. And and Shooter, wow, he's definitely better than Shooter McGavin. Uh, that's for sure. He is clutch when the game is on the line. Uh, he, his confidence is, is, is brewing. He said the game-winning kick there before against the Titans, he said, this game's over, I'm going to make it. And he put it right down Broadway. And then, of course, he did, an, he did an overtime against the Chiefs. And if the game's on the line in the Super Bowl, the Rams better block it because uh, Shooter will make it. Yeah, Evan McPherson, that's why you draft the kicker, as the Bengals have been tweeting out from their team social media accounts all weekend. Um, wow, all-rookie kicker. You mentioned it, clutch. Uh, here's the deal that, that throws it off to me. I, I don't like the question either, but it is a fun one to ask because it gets a perspective of how, you, how you're thinking, how you're breaking down a game, and Look, I like to see, just like Todd said, TC, you said it, cool, calm, collected. Joe Burrow, look, there's two quarterbacks. I really should say one quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is 39-2. and 39-2 and two when he's up by double digits on any other quarterback. Guess what, folks? Those two losses are to the same quarterback in the same season. It was Joe Burrow. So this guy's the real deal. 
look out for him. He's part of this new elite level of quarterback. Throw him in there with Mahomes. Throw him in there with Herbert out there in, in Los Angeles. And, and and throw him in there with, with the uh, Aaron Rodgers of the world right now. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He's showing you why. They were a 125-1 to one almost one of the, like you said, Todd, almost one of the longest shots to get to the Super Bowl. Here they are now. Um, hats off to Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow. Uh, hats off to, to Chase, the wide receiver. Uh, Uzuma, Mixon, um, T. Higgins. This team, this offense has really clicked, and, and they won the game. They came back. Their defense showed out in the second half, forced a couple of uh, untimely turnovers, and you know what? If they can correct some of the penalties, I think Cincinnati's got a darn good shot to win this Super Bowl. Um, Wayne, any quick thoughts on the AFC Championship game? Well, I think it came down to uh, the Chiefs. Again, I say this often. The Chiefs looked like they were playing not to lose, and the Bengals were playing to win. TC, before we move on, any final thoughts on the AFC title game? Uh, no, not at all. Yeah, let's move on. NFC Championship game. Rams beat the 49ers 20-17. to Look, Stafford with another fourth quarter comeback. 13 points in the fourth quarter. This guy did it in Detroit. You give him a new uniform, he's got three wins in the playoffs. Um, just absolute, I mean, just a great turn of, turn of events for the Staffords. Um, with his wife uh, battling, uh, I can't remember. It was uh, a she had a very significant life-threatening surgery recently, and to now flash forward, they're in the Super Bowl in LA, hosting it as the home team. Um, just wow! Hats off to the to the LA Rams. They they star-studded a lineup, and usually I don't think that works for you in the NFL. But OBJ, Von Miller, Stafford. Um, Cooper Cup, all these guys have found a way to to play around one ball, and man, it's been fun to watch. TC, I'll throw it to you on the NFC title game. When the 49ers were up 17 to three with that defense, I thought no way the Rams going to come back, but you got to give them a lot of credit. Uh, they hung in there. Their defense, to me, was the story in the fourth quarter. You know, the inconsistency in, in Garoppolo's performance was, was mind-boggling. Um, he definitely missed some uh, open receivers that could have made a huge difference in the game. His offensive line, though, really didn't help him out. They only had 50 yards rushing. Uh, you know, this is a game that just really got away from uh, San Francisco and one that's going to haunt them until they play next season. And I, I – from all reports are the, the 49ers are going to be looking for a new scoring quarterback next year. Jimmy G supposedly wants to be traded to a winning team. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much of a winner you can get besides Shanahan and the 49ers. I, you know, Jimmy G is going to have to, uh, and any quarterback that plays in the NFL is an absolute stud. Anyone that's on a roster is an absolute stud. But if Jimmy G wants to be a starting quarterback in the NFL, on a consistent basis, he's going to have to improve his game, and he knows it. I mean, you, you could just see the inconsistent performance, and, and, and it hurt the 49ers this year a ton. But like I said, their offensive line really underperformed in that game. Yes, yeah, Stafford, he could have been, you know, he, he could have not been the uh, hero in that game if Tark would have, would have caught that 
interception there uh, late in the ball game. Over. It was over. So, you know, the Rams, to me, you know, they made a lot of mistakes in that game. They played Cincinnati in the Super Bowl and make those kind of mistakes. They won't come out a winner. That's a great point, TC. Uh, I, I really like the way the Bengals are playing right now. Joe Burrow said it in a press conference after the first win. He, he said they're here to make noise, and that's exactly what they're doing. Wayne, any thoughts on this NFC title game before we move on? Nothing about that game turned out the way I thought it was going to turn out. <laughs> and I was, uh, I don't want to say disgusted, but I was disappointed in how the whole game was being played uh, because I thought the 49ers were going to win it without a doubt, and that's who I had picked. And so the way that game was played, it's it's kind of made me – uh, choose a different uh, outcome for the Super Bowl, and I don't want to give anything away yet. Which brings us to our next quick topic, guys. Just a couple Super Bowl notes. Um, going into last season, no team had hosted a Super Bowl. Now two teams in a row get to do it as the Rams. Uh, they'll become the first to host a NFC championship and a Super Bowl in the same season. I thought that was pretty cool. And then uh, this is the first Super Bowl ever that doesn't feature a top three seed from either side, AFC or NFC. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Wayne or TC, any quick Super Bowl notes to add on that were interesting to you guys? Well, it, new blood to me. I, I mean, everybody was thinking it was going to be home, Mahomes and Brady or Rodgers and Mahomes. Uh, nobody was picking Stafford and, and, and Joe Burrow as, as the quarterbacks in this game. And to me, new blood is good. The NFL is definitely going through a transition with the retirement now of Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, potentially Rodgers, even though my gut tells me he's going to play. Where? Who knows? Green Bay's, they all, they're way over the cap. 48 million and Earl Rogers 40. So do the math. Um, and Rogers not going to want to play for a, uh, you know, he's going to want to play for a contender. So in a new blood in the NFL, really wide open. Yeah, a lot of young, exciting quarterbacks. You have to add Josh Allen into that uh, mix. I mean, wow. And you still have your veterans in the league, and, and, and Matt Ryan is, is one of those. And right now he's a leading active uh, passer. So in, in terms of uh, yards for his career, it, you know, it shows how underappreciated he is here in Atlanta. And Absolutely. now with Brady leaving the division again, uh, this division is wide open next year. And Like I said, I never would have thought that two weeks ago. Wayne, any uh, closing thoughts on uh, next week's Super Bowl? Well, uh, the last time the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, I picked them to win, and I was disappointed. I'm going to pick them again uh, to win, and hopefully this time I won't be disappointed. So, Well, guys, we got some uh, fun news in the pick six. We'll hold it off until Super Bowl week. Uh, TC and Wayne have made some serious ground. Uh, they're one game apart. I'm three games up on TC. Stick stick with us. It could be an exciting finish in the Super Bowl. Uh, folks, we'll move on to our final topic of the evening. It's kind of a crossover fun topic. Should college football take a page from college basketball and do a conference challenge? 
uh, like the SEC Big Ten or the SEC Big 12, as they recently did this year? TC, I'll start with you, then we'll go with Wayne. I, I love the idea. I'm the one that came up with this topic when we were talking about it. Uh, it sure would be nice to, um, to be able to do this. Um, you know, Michigan State, for instance, would have played Pittsburgh at the beginning of the season uh, for the kickoff classic. The stadium would have been packed. Instead, uh, big players were out of the game, the running back for Michigan State, uh, the quarterback for Pitt. Uh, they didn't play, and you saw the crowd. They didn't come. So, to me, you want to get some excitement in college football. Playing this crossover in football would be huge. It uh, would be huge for the ratings. It would be great for the fans. Uh, it would put one conference against another. And if you did it, you want to do – one versus ones, two versus twos, uh, threes versus threes, and everything. And uh, you know, I definitely would like to um, would like to see it happen without a doubt. It would grow the game of college football, and 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 it would help the game tremendously. Wayne, what what, what are your thoughts? Well, right now, if my memory serves me correct, I think the uh, SEC and the ACC kind of do something like that. And it's been pretty successful, so I why not switch it up and uh, you know do a conference that you normally. Oh, I hang on a second. The ACC and the SEC don't do that. They play non-conference games against one another, but they don't do anything like that. Um, every conference seems to play a game against one another, but to do an actual challenge, that would be a, a blast. And I know JJ, you would like that too. Yeah, and you took the words right out of my mouth. I would. I would love to see it. And I, I think you guys knew that as my facial reactions and your two, your two answers. I would love to see it. Uh, you know I, for one, I know it's a necessary evil, but I would love to see these FCS opponents replaced with a Big 12 SEC or a Big 10 SEC challenge or an SEC ACC challenge. I would love to see that. I think it would be good for the sport. I think you'd get a bowl-like atmosphere, do it at the beginning or at the end of a season, so it's more like a bowl-like atmosphere for maybe the lesser teams in the conference that aren't going to a bowl game. So I think that'd be really cool for the sport um, all the way around. And, and most of all, you you get some ma- matchups that you don't get to see on a, on a year-in and year-out basis. And you could put these into the schedule if everybody got on board with every conference, you could put it on the schedule in the next 10 years and you could start seeing it. Because I know these these conferences are in stone for six, seven, eight years. So it, it would take a while to get in, uh, get rolling. But I would love to see it, and I think it would be great for college football. Guys, any final thoughts on the show in general? Uh, yeah, college football, J.J., um, it has the, 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 one of the greatest regular seasons of any sport. But the postseason's a dud. It just is. When you only have four teams uh, playing for a playoff and, and you only include one region of the country, basically two, uh, it's very difficult to keep the interest of others. And we, they all need to be included in this playoff, every Power Five conference champion, um, and, a, and a group of five especially, we need a 12-team playoff, and I wouldn't be opposed to 16. I don't know if they'd have to cut down a regular season game. That would be another financial story and another story for another podcast. 
But to me, college football has got to do something to grow the game. And we mentioned uh, about this uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge or, or a Big 12 SEC for a Pac-12, uh, whatever, Big 12, whatever you want to do. But they need to grow the game early in the season and they need to have a great playoff. College basketball has a great tournament. The NFL has a fantastic playoff. Major League Baseball has excellent playoffs. The NHL and the Stanley Cup, there's nothing like it. So it's all about having a good playoff and also the sanctity of the regular season. And you can still do that in college football, even though the sanctity of the regular season in college football is as good as any sport. Well said. My final comment of the show is going to be about former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores has filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL and three teams. We'll see more as details emerge. I'm just bringing you the news. That's my final comment. Wayne, your final comment on the show this evening, buddy. Well, uh, Thursday evening, uh, Memphis at Cincinnati in Fifth Third Arena. Go Tigers, go. Go Tigers, go. For TC, for Wayne, I'm JJ. Thanks for checking out ATL Prime Sports. If you like us, give us a thumbs up. Give us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the YouTube, please subscribe. Again, at ATL Prime Sports for all of us. Uh, stay tuned Hold this Friday. Second, JJ, we, live. we got a podcast on Friday Live. I don't know if you were going to go to it. I'm so sorry. We'll be on I Friday Live. At 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, the number is 1-347-205-9631. We'll have Clayton Tudor come on to talk about his book uh, about Atlanta sports, Loserville. Did his book, Reverse the Curse. We'll talk about that on Friday, and you guys will be joining me. Yeah, and that, that wraps up our show, ATL Prime Sports. For TC, for Wayne, I'm JJ. We'll see you guys Friday. Get you one.